Today's daf is Pei Hei in Eruvin. We are on Pei Dalet Amud Bet. We are on the last line there. Amar of Yudah Mashmuel. Boroshe ben shtei chatserot mufleged mikotel zerba'a or mikotel zerba'a. Zemotiziz koshu memaleb, zemotiziz koshu memaleb. Basically what it's talking about is, and I believe there is a picture in the back, but basically there are two chatserot, there are two courtyards that have a wall. Uh, obviously each one has a wall. And in between the walls is like a type of alley. Now normally these alleyways, we're used to them as being a mavoy where people walk. But this is not an alley where people walk. Actually there's no entrance from the chatserot into this alley. All that there is is a cistern, like a, there's a water, basically, uh, a water hole, you could call it, you know, in, the, in this uh, mavoy. It, but it's not really, it's not a mavoy for walking. So therefore, there's no like, shitufe uh, mavoot. They don't do a, uh, they don't join the chatserot over this mavoy because the mavoy is not a place for walking. It's just a place that has this water hole in it for people to like, a well, sort of, for people to draw water from. And uh, it's in between the two chatzot. So it says, so the problem is that since it's a shared space, I want to see if they have a picture of it in the back. I think that they do. Um, since it's a shared space, so they, you know, they're not allowed to both use it just without any kind of an indication that they are uh, two separate chatzot. That's the problem. So what do they do? Um, uh, basically, they, it says, one of them has to extend like a kind of a, a pillar or board. Uh, it doesn't have to be um, doesn't have to be thick. It's a skoshu, any size, uh, some kind of a, uh, sticks out some kind of a, uh, uh, you know, a, a piece of wood from one side, and one does from the other side, and that way they are, uh, they're distinct in their, um, in, in, in their identity. Ah, here we go. Okay, here it is. It's these skoshu. See, this ha- each one has a stick coming out, and from that stick coming out on either side, they can each draw from the well. Uh, it's the middle picture. It's the middle picture on the right side. So that, that's that's what they uh, that's what they would do. Now, um, well, the point is that they just have to put that stick out, and then they would lower, I guess, a bucket from it or whatever, and they would, uh, and that way they're distinct in, in drawing water from the well. That's what he says. Now, so Rav Yudah says you don't even need a board or anything like that. All you need is a um, is a reed, meaning it could be really thin, really small. It's just symbolic to show that the two chatzerot are are independent and they're taken from the well and they're not merging together. Okay? Is this statement of Rav Yehuda must be from Shmuel? Because if it's a statement of Rav, because Rav says that a person cannot prohibit on their, uh, on, on someone else through the airspace. Meaning, here we have a, pro- we're basically saying that the fact that I use the airspace of this shared sort of corridor where you have a, uh, where you have a well, that's going to prohibit the other person from using the same uh, same space, from sharing that space, because it's owned by both of us, and we both have access to it. So we have to put this uh, these boards sticking out from either side in order to symbolically keep ourselves separated. And the implication is that if we didn't have these boards coming from either side, then even the fact that we're using the airspace, we're not even walking in there, we're lowering a bucket from uh, each chatzer into that place, and that's considered significant uh, sharing. Okay, so that's the, um, so you see, and Rav says that that's not an issue, sharing like that, so it must be Shmuel. Now, now Rashi points out that that means that what it says in our Gemara is not actually what Abaye heard, because Rav Yehuda says, Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. Right, in that version it says explicitly it was Shmuel. So why is he saying, oh, this must be Shmuel? So clearly in the original statement it was just Rav Yehuda said this, and, uh, and he says, oh, this teaching must be from Shmuel. 
Okay, and the question is, where does Shmuel get it from? You're going to say that this is the basis for it. This teaching of Shmuel is the basis for it because it's because we said yesterday that if you have a uh, a, a, a roof. And this roof is, uh, is, serves two functions. I mean, it's the roof of part of the building, but it's also the walkway for the people to get to the second story of the building, as we saw yesterday. And therefore, they would have a ladder that led from this roof up to the second story. And if you didn't have that ladder, then you had the problem that it was a shared space in, that the people in the Rishut HaRabim used the space, and the people in the gallery, in the Mirpeset, or in that sort of, um, that sort of ledge there, that landing, also use the space. And so there, therefore you have a uh, conflict of uh, two different usages. And, and even though, Rashi explains, even though the Rishut HaRabim people reach over onto that roof. In other words, they're going to have to like, usually there are, he- there are bushes or hedges or whatever around, the, uh, around this uh, area. So it's not like the Rishut HaRabim goes straight up to where this, the building rises up. So the person will actually have to reach over and use the airspace, and yet we're still saying that the fact that people on the Rishut HaRabim would use that airspace and put things down in that spot, and people in this Mirpesa will also use things. So that makes it a double use unless you put a sulam kavwa, unless you have a ladder showing that really it's a, it's a walkway for the people to get to their second story uh, apartment. So therefore you see that he says that even though they're only using the airspace, they, they will cause it to be considered shared. So it says, papa, but that's not necessarily true because maybe it's like Rav Papa said, Rav Papa said on the previous daf that sometimes the people on the Rishut Rabim go right up to the side of the wall and they put things right on that roof. They're not using the airspace. If they were carrying something heavy and they had to like uh, put it up there, then yeah, they would have to lift it a little bit higher than where the roof is because remember, again, we're talking about a roof that rises up from, let's say, below ground level, below the level of the road. So the person standing and it's only ten Fahim, he only sees three feet of this uh, uh, of this uh, of this piece of the you know this roof, so he if it's a heavy thing, yeah, he's going to have to lift it and put it over, and he's going to be using like the airspace. But but, but Rav Papa said no. There, you don't have to necessarily assume that there are bushes around this uh, building and that the person is lifting it higher than the roof and putting it down. You could assume actually that he's standing right next to it and he's putting lighter things like his hat, like a scarf, whatever, onto the onto the roof, and therefore it could be that he's not using the airspace. They're both using that surface directly, and that's why it's shared. But we have no sh- no proof that Shmuel would say that airspace, shared airspace, um, it creates some um, a shared space. So Elameha, it must be from this. The problem is that he's just quoting what Rav Yehuda just said, right? So obviously they had heard this as two separate things. Rav Yehuda's teaching that all you need is a reed. You don't even need a board sticking out of either chatzer. And Shmuel's teaching. That you need to say, that a board has to st- be stuck out of either side to use this well in the middle. So obviously they knew this as a separate teaching, not the way it came to us here as one teaching. And tamad adam So you see that from the fact that so basically we have to reconstruct the teaching of Shmuel here. Originally Shmuel said that if you have these two chatzerot and in between the two walls of the chatzer, uh, the two chatzerot you have a well. And people from either Chatzar want to use the well in the middle. They have to stick out a board over it to show that they're independent and just take from what's immediately under their board. That's what Shmuel had said. And Rav Yudad come along and said, you don't even need a board. Just put a reed. It's just symbolic. It's not a literal division of the two Chatzirot's use. It's just symbolic to show that they're separate from each other. So that was where we see that Shmuel says that the fact that they're sharing an airspace in that corridor doesn't cause the space to be considered shared. 
doesn't cause it to be. Because he say, I mean, I mean, the other way around, really. I mean, it does cause it to be. It causes it to be rabbinically shared because uh, because you have to do the symbolic action to show that they're separate, right? Where that, so you see from the fact that normally Shmuel would require them to stick boards out, and if you didn't stick boards out, you wouldn't be able to use it, that even though they're only using the airspace because they're lowering their bucket from the airspace into that well, still we consider them to be sharing that space, and if they didn't do something symbolic to separate them, separate themselves from one another, it wouldn't work. And Rav Yehuda was adding that it, since it's just a symbolic action, it doesn't have to actually be a board, it could even be a reed that you're sticking out from either side, just two separate things to show that they're independent. That's all, but the, the Rav Mecha, how do we know that Rav says that airspace that's shared isn't considered shared space because so maybe it's from what we saw also yesterday we learned all these uh, really this whole long so yeah, really is supposed to be interconnected we separated it into pages but really you can see that it's one long flow so yesterday we talked about two balconies one balcony is on a higher level than the other one the one's on the higher level so they made a hole a water hole that they lowered down the uh, a bucket through that water hole and, um, but, but they didn't make an eruv between these two uh, apartments or whatever, these two buildings, okay? The upper one has the watering hole, that, and what they did was they made a, they would make mechitza, they would make a sort of a, um, because the problem is that you're taking from the water below, which is called karmelit, which really is not a reshut hayachid. You're taking the water up from there into the reshut hayachid. The balcony is enclosed, so it's reshut hayachid. So therefore you had to enclose specially the um, the hole in the balcony that was for drawing the water. You either enclosed it on the top, meaning where you actually stand in the balcony, or underneath you enclose it. But one way or another, you show that it is enclosed and that you're drawing the water up through that spot. And so it's a, so we said that if the upper one right didn't have a, the, had the watering hole, the lower one didn't. So shtehen asrot at They have to actually make an eruv, right? They have to unite together. Right? And we said, Loshan, Vamar Vunamarav, and Rav said to clarify this, Loshan, Vamar Vunamarav, and Mufleget, Arbaa, El Yonam Mutev Tachnasurav, but he said that even if they didn't make an Eruv, okay, when, when they're very close, in other words, when these two balconies are close together, they're within four Tfachim of each other. One is a little bit lower, one is a little bit higher, but the people who are lower could bring their bucket, could you know, pass their bucket over to uh, the upper one and use the watering hole, let's say, during the week. They would do that. So it's considered a shared space because they, cause they, they could use it. Okay? So if they didn't make an Eruv, then on Shabbat you're going to have the problem that that's considered a shared space and they didn't make an Eruv, so even the people who live in the upper one shouldn't be able to use it. However... If they're far apart from each other, that they're only that they're more than four tvachim away. So now we're going to say that the true that the people in the lower apartment cannot use it because they would have to throw their bucket over there and then lower it down. But the people on that elevated spot in the in the spot that actually has the watering hole wouldn't have that problem. And Rashi says she'en elyonam mishucham mikeneged atachtav v'shechakotel dal tvachim v'avafal gav de gavua mimena asara. Normally, what does Rob say? If you have to transfer something, either you have to lower or you have to, if you have lowering and throwing upwards or throwing across is the same thing. We said that Rob doesn't care. There's only two categories. There's easy access, which is you walk right in, you're at the same level playing field, or down or up, or it doesn't matter. Anything else besides immediate access is not convenient and they're all equal, right? So he says, So therefore, if, if these two balconies are close enough that one, one has to throw his bucket over, he has to throw it a little bit higher, 
to get to the upper balcony so it can go through the watering hole. And the people who live in the upper, they just lower it directly, but both of them have, are inconvenient. So he said, if they're very close together, though, okay, it's considered that they're basically equal in their use of that upper balcony. However, but if they're further apart, in other words, if you have the uh, if they're far apart from each other, so now that adds a whole other piece to it. It's not a piece of just that the people in the lower balcony have to put their bucket on the upper balcony and then lower it. It's also that they have to go horizontally more. Horizontally, it's a further distance. It's not just vertically, but they have to go horizontally and vertically significant amount of time. And that is what, uh, uh, but you see that that's called, tra- that's called airspace traveling already. That's already airspace because they have to travel across and up in order to get to the place where they're going to lower the bucket. And you see from that, that Rob says that it's, that in that case, it's not going to prohibit since they would be, right, it's not going to, tr- it's not going to prohibit the people in the upper um, in the upper uh, uh, balcony from using their watering hole that the people in the lower one could bring their stuff, you know, uh, across and up into the... Theoretically, they could. They could bring it across and up. But since they would be <laughs> traveling in airspace, it's not going to prohibit the people on the upper... Uh, balcony from using the watering hole. Now, that doesn't mean that the people on the lower wa- balcony are allowed to use the watering hole on Shabbat. They're not because they didn't make an error with the people on the upper balcony, but they won't interfere because their only way of using that upper balcony would be through too much travel. And that much travel is already not considered to be like present for the people on the upper balcony, basically. It doesn't interfere. It's not considered shared. If somebody could scale the wall of your building and get to your... I'm just making an ex- extreme example. Just because somebody could scale the wall of your building and get to your balcony doesn't mean they share that balcony with you, right? And that's what he's basically saying. He's saying that doesn't count as shared balcony. So you see that air sp- traveling through the air isn't considered to be... Only when these balconies are close together are they considered really to share the space. But if you have to travel too much in the air, Rav is going to say that it's not considered a shared space anymore. But the only thing is, it's not necessarily a proof because... It's a little bit different because... Over there, it might not be an issue of air travel versus, uh, versus not air. It might be that the per- people who live on the balcony where they just have to lower their bucket down and get water, they have ease of access. The people who are distant both vertically and horizontally, that's too many steps. In other words, they have to not only get their bucket up and across to the balcony that's higher, then they have to lower it also. So it's too many steps. So it's almost as if they are uh, too disadvantaged in their access to the balcony to have any uh, significance. But if they were a little bit closer, just the fact that they have to use, throw things across, wouldn't necessarily not count as using the uh, the space. Even though they're using the, they're traveling through the airspace, it doesn't matter because maybe... If it wasn't for the fact that they had a two-step process, we would consider it to be an interference. Rather, where do we see that Rav says that airspace travel is not an interference? The following statement, If you have two houses and there are three ruins in between them. Now, the way that this is originally depicted in the Gemara is that you have two houses on either side and there were, there were three original buildings in between them, but they're all broken down now and ruined. So all you have is like the frame of the three buildings in between, okay? So therefore, 
What is the story? So they're not open to the ruins, but what they have is their windows face the ruins. Okay, <laughs> the side of their house faces the ruins. It would be like if you once had, let's say, um, five buildings in a row, and you know you have the one window that just faces the other building. You can't really see anything out of that building, but that building collapsed. So now you can see through, and you can even throw things down onto the area that was once that building. And the same from the other side. And then there's one in the middle that is not adjacent to either one of the two extremes. It's just in the middle. There were, there were three there and they all were torn down. Okay? So now, so it says the one on the right side can throw stuff from their window down to the, uh, to the ruin on the right side. And the one on the left side can throw their stuff down to the ruin on the left side. That's okay. Neither of them can use the middle one though. Okay, they can use the ones on either extreme. It says in Amudbet. The middle one is not allowed because that one is shared between the two of them. Now, so what do you see from this? The Gemara is trying to show from this. That, ah, so you see that Rav says that the fact that you use airspace, okay, in this case, you're th- they're throwing things down from the, um, from the, uh, you know, from their windows into this airspace. So then you see from that that they're not, they don't prohibit each other. Right? In other words, they don't prohibit each other. Normally, you would say, oh, well, basically, from house A to house B, the two standing houses, these three ruins, so I'm using the one ruin in the middle, and you're using the other one, but they're open to each other, so really, um, really access, I, I could have access straight, I could throw from my window all the way to your window, right? And you could throw from yours all the way to mine, the ruin next to mine, so, and yet we say that that doesn't interfere, we don't interfere with one another like that. Okay, even though essentially we would be doing the same thing. We would just be throwing from our window. Instead of throwing to the ruin right next to me, I'll throw it across to the ruin right next to you. So why is that not considered that we share that space? Ah, so you see that he doesn't think that the fact that you share airspace, since I have to throw it. In other words, if I, had to, if I were walking and using the actual ground, that would be different. But since I'm using the airspace, I'm throwing stuff from my window because I don't have an entrance into this ruin. So therefore, um, it's not considered shared space. But the problem is that it's not exactly consistent as we're going to see because Yatim, so Rabbi Elazar, who was one of the students, said, uh, Did Rav really say this teaching about the three ruins? Doesn't make sense. And he said, Yes. So he said, Show me where he's staying. I want to I go talk with him. So I showed him his, his hotel. So Rav came to Rav. We had the exact same kind of story a, a couple, uh, not a couple, but a bunch of the people. He said to him, uh, you know, did you really say this? And he said, yes. But didn't you say that if there were two people um, who have access to an area, one just as vertical and one horizontal, that essentially it's the same. Or if one's dropping down, in other words, we said that if one, if one person is elevated above the wall, so he has to lower things onto the wall, and the other one is right below the wall, he has to throw things onto the wall, it's basically the same thing. Neither one has easy access. They both have to go in the vertical plane to reach it, so it's not going to be, you know, it's not considered to be easy access for either one, so they're both prohibited. They're both equally inconvenient. If one is directly on the same horizontal, uh, le- or vertical rather, level with it, and just, you know, it's I- immediately accessible to them, they always over overrule somebody who's above or below but he had said if they have one above and one below neither one takes precedence so shouldn't it be here so what's the relevance here so he says the relevance here is this that if my house is right next to one of the ruins how do i get things into that ruin i drop it directly downwards right i drop it directly downwards if the guy across wants to get something into the ruin that's next to my building he has to throw it up in the air and it's going to land 
right into in in my uh, in my ruin. So what is that? That's uh, one is bizrika and one bishilshul. In other words, I'll drop something right out of my door, my my window. It will land in that ruin. If the guy across the street who has a different ruin next to his house, right a- across the lot, I should say, has a different ruin next to his house, he wants to put it in my ruin, so he'll have to throw it. But essentially, according to Rav, that should be the same thing. If you have to tra- if you have to make something move. Right, Either, whether it's down or it's up and across, it doesn't matter according to Rav. So, so why don't you say then that really the ruin next to my house is prohibited to me because we share, we both share it because then my neighbor could throw something into this ruin also. I mean, it's clear all the way through. And, and, uh, and his ruin that's next to him should be prohibited because I could throw something to his house. He can lower something, I could throw it. Right? And if you're going to tell me that that doesn't count, so then what about the... Thing in the because the the ruin in the middle you're saying is definitely prohibited. Why? Because they can both throw it into there, right? So obviously they have good arms. These are not uh, you know they they can throw far. So so what's going on here? So you're assuming that they are standing straight. That it's house one, three ruins A B C, and house two. That's not how it is. It's kachatsuva. It's like a tripod. Meaning there's one ruin. It's like a T shape. Not a T. I guess like a Sort of like there is a there's one ruin that stretches all the way from house A to house B, okay, and then there's and then in the middle there's a divide division and there's a ruin accessible only to house A and a ruin accessible only to house B where there's like actually uh, you know jagged edges or whatever in the middle and this is what it meant by the middle one the one that has access to both that actually a window opens on one end of it, even though it's longer, right? Opens on one end of it to house A and one end of it to house B. They're both equally using that space. That's why it would be a prohibited area because they're both equally using it. But the, the two ruins that are actually divided in the middle, one is adjacent to house A and one is adjacent to house B. So I, I'm dropping directly into mine and you're dropping directly into yours. Right, so it's not we're not going to prohibit each other, and even though a person, even though those two ruins are open to the bigger ruin that's for that's that we share, that doesn't make them prohibited in use. That was what he was saying. He was saying it's not a problem, even though, and you know, hypothetically, you could throw from uh, your ruin over to my ruin, and I could throw from my ruin over to your ruin. That would not prohibit us in use. That would not. That's that would not prohibit us. Um, re- from using our respective areas, that would be considered the airspace only. That would when you drop something down, it's going right to the ground, so it's not, it's not considered airspace. But when you're throwing across, it's considered traveling the airspace. Says so that wouldn't prohibit. Okay, so that's that was the case. What? The area number three. They're they're adjacent to that one also. They're both adjacent, so they can't use it because it's shared equally, unless they make an error with each other. Oh, because yeah, because they share it equal. If it's equal, it's no good. Right? So now, you're telling me that Shmuel, who said that really airspace is prohibitive, right? If you share airspace, because this is the thing. Shmuel is saying if you have this well, this all started because Shmuel said if you have a well in between two chatzerot, and people in one chatzer and the other chatzer, they want to draw water from this well that's in sort of like an alleyway, not a mavoy that people walk in. There's no entrance to it, but they go over the wall and they want to take water from there. So we said that that Shmuel says you have to extend a board from either side, or Rav Yudas said even just a reed from either side and do it to show that they're separate from each other, because normally the airspace would be prohibitive. The fact that they're each using that airspace would be prohibitive, so this way you're almost like making a separate reshut for each one, that they're, you're not sharing the airspace, right? So that was according to Shmuel. Rav says you don't need to do that, because the fact you're just traveling in the airspace down, and the other one tra- that doesn't count as using the space. 
That was that was what Rab said. Now, he, but Shmuel, we have another problem. What about Rav Dimi's halacha? The kiyatan Rav Dimi Amar Yochanan, Makom Shein Bo Dal Dal Dal, Mutal Bnei Ushadovim Ushutayachid Lechatevala, Ubilvad Shlo Yachlifu. We learned about a Makom Petur, which is a place that's in the Rishut Rabim, between the Rishut Rabim and the Rishut Yachid, but it's very small. It's less than four by four. Right? Since it's less than four by four, it doesn't have the, uh, it doesn't have, right, it's too small to qualify as an, any kind of reshut, as any kind of a, uh, as any kind of a, um, uh, uh, of a domain by itself. It's just a tiny little area. So since this tiny little area, it has to be like a little bit elevated off the Rishut HaRabim. Otherwise, it would just be like the ground of the Rishut HaRabim, but it's not tall enough to be Rishut HaYechid. And it's too small. The dimension is too small. So it says uh, people in the Rishut HaRabim can put things on it. People in the Rishut HaYechid can, but they can't, they can't switch with each other. So what's the point? You see that even though I'm taking something and I'm putting it down on here. So it's going, right? Really, the Rashut Rabim has a certain shlita. We have like a certain use of it because, we, because we're putting things on it. Everyone in the Rashut are putting things on it, coming from their airspace onto this, onto this spot. So you see that the airspace is not an issue because you're saying that the fact that the airspace of each, you know, they're both coming from their airspace and putting it on here is not an issue because you you're talking about where the Rashut and the Rashut Rabim are right next to each other. They have this in between them. Right? So, so obviously the fact that it comes from the airspace and comes down doesn't prohibit that area. So why does Shmuel say that if the two people want to draw water from the spot in the middle that it's a problem? Why, why doesn't he recognize that it's, it shouldn't be a problem? So it says, You know, sometimes biblical issues are more lenient than rabbinic ones. Here we're talking about a rabbinic thing, the idea of chatzerot and shared areas between chatzerot. It's all rabbinic. Sometimes the rabbis have to strengthen their halachot more than the Torah. When we're dealing with Rishuyot, yeah, yeah, when we're dealing with Rishuyot, it's deoraita. People are going to be very careful. They know Rishut Rabim, Rishut Yachid, you can't carry, you can't transfer. Oh, so uh, if I allow a person in the Rishut Rabim to put something down on this little uh, spot, a small spot, and I allow a Rishut Yachid person, they're not going to then do transferring from Rishut Rabim to Rishut Yachid. They're going to be careful. But here, where it's a rabbinic institution, the whole idea of shared spaces was created by the rabbis, so they have to be more strict about it and extend it even to shared airspace, okay? Now, Amalei Ravina Rava, me Amalei Ravachi, did Rav really say this? Ravina Ash Rava. Vaidmar Shnei Batim Shnei Zdei Rishut Rabim. It says that if there were two houses on either side of the Rishut Rabim and they're owned by the same person, so you don't have an issue of a roof, but Rabba Ravuna Marav, Asul Zog Mizelaze, Shmuel Mutal Zog Mizelaze. So you have right here that Rav says, you're not allowed to throw from one to the other, and Shmuel says you can. Okay? And now Shmuel's saying that you can. Right, we know that he says normally airspace is an issue, but he just said that when it's a Doraita, and here we're talking about Rashut Rabim, so uh so so he he he's not worried because uh he, he only speaks about that in rabbinic context. In, in a biblical context, says, you're right. Since you're throwing from a Rashut Yachid to another Rashut Yachid, even though you're passing over the Rashut Rabim, it's okay. The airspace of Rashut Rabim is not is not significant. The airspace doesn't count. We only look at it started in Rishut HaYachid and it ended in Rishut HaYachid. Now, obviously, if it lands in the middle, right? Because so then you have a problem. But, it, but it, if you threw from one to the other, it's not a problem. And Rav said it is a problem. So, so why does he say it's a problem, though? Because Rav is more lenient than Shmuel. Meaning Shmuel says, this is not an issue in Deoraita, but in Derabanans it's an issue because they're being strict. Okay? Rav says it's not even an issue in Derabanans. So he shouldn't have an issue in Deoraita either. So what does he say? It says... 
Amar le'elav mi okimna. Didn't we already say that that's talking about a specific case? We're talking about where one is lower and one is high. Because the concern is that they're not on the same level. In other words, one is elevated and one is lower. So he's throwing on a diagonal, basically. Since he's throwing on a diagonal, it's going to be harder for him to be precise and make sure that it, le- it reaches the right place. So it's, an, it's really, again, it's not a deoraita. It's a derabanan. It, it's a xerah that maybe he's going to be a, throw a bad pitch. Okay. And it, the pitch, instead of reaching from Rashut true, if it went from Rashut to Rashut and it didn't ever d- drop in the Rashut and it just went through the airspace, it's no problem. But since the uh, since there's a chance because of the incline that um, that since he's throwing also down, it's much harder to measure and calculate. It might end up falling in the Rashut and then he's going to go and pick it up because he threw something and he it didn't make it to its destination. He doesn't just want to leave it in the street. He might go pick it up and carry it from Rashut Rabim to Rashut That's a different issue. It's not because the airspace is considered to be significant. That's the main point. Now the Mishnah says, We learned that the Eruv, the Eruv has to always be put in a house because it's a union of the different houses in the Chatzir. Right, so if you put it in bechar, if you put it in a, 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 a gateway, basically, it's like a little, like a uh, what do you call it? A um, like uh, it's sort of a, um, a a foyer type of area, not really meant. You know, it's like an entrance to the chater, but not itself, uh, not itself a place where people live. Okay, or so bechar or achsadra. Achsadra is kind of an open. It has a roof over it, but it's kind of an open uh, a section of the uh, of the chater. Right? What, yeah, they call it a portico, whatever that is. Umir Peset, or Umir Peset. Also, again, it's, it's a place that is not really made for people to live. It's more of a, uh, a, play, a transition area. No, it doesn't count. And if somebody decides to camp out in one of these places and sleep in the, uh, in, uh, on the Mir Peset or anywhere else, that doesn't really count as a, uh, as a home. So he's not going to be considered a member of the Chatzir. So if he didn't join in with the Erove Chatzir, he's not going to ruin it for everyone because he's not really considered living there because he doesn't live in a real place. Okay? Beta Tevin, if it's a, a place that stores straw, Beta Bakar, or it stores cows, Beta Itzim, stores wood, Beta Otsarot, stores other stuff, whatever it is. Haraisa Eruv. So that could be, um, if you put an Eruv in one of those storage uh, buildings, okay, there'll be an Eruv. And if somebody is, no, the point is that Tanakhama doesn't say that it goes by living. He says it goes by whether it's considered a bayit or not. So it's considered a, um, um, a the structure is considered to be, uh, you know, a place. So, yeah, this was the same question. Yeah. So, how is the Eruv? And if somebody decides to go live in the barn, they live in the Chatzir. Okay, they decide to live in a barn. It's a little bit weird, but they decide, but, but still, it's a structure. Meaning it's a, who, defi- who decided this building is a synagogue? What have you, what have you decided that you want to make it uh, sleep? Well, we have a summer camp here already, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Imagine if they became a sleepaway camp, okay? And the people sleep here. Okay, so the building serves a multi-purpose building. The point is, according to the Tanakhama, the building is a building. But the other things are not a building. It's like a foyer, it's like a mirpeset. It's not really a, bi- a full building. It's sort of open, it's not... So once you have a full building, so now already that's a place you could put the Eruv. And if somebody decides they're going to live there, it becomes a house, no problem. That's what Tanakhama says. However, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with that. He says, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Im yesham tfisat yad. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, he doesn't disagree here. He does, he, he disagrees later. Okay, he doesn't say in the Mishnah. Fine. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Im yesham tfisat yad shel balabait eno oser. If the... Um, if there's a tfisat yad of balabait in any place, it's not, it doesn't prohibit. Meaning to say that if, if you have a landlord... Okay, 
<laughs> and that le- let's say there's a guy who owns four houses in the Chatzir, and he lets three other guys live in the uh, in those. Th- his, you know, he lives in one house, and three other guys live in his other three houses, and they didn't participate in the eruv. If he has tfisat yad, which means he stores some things in their home, so they know that it's not really their home; they're guests, right? Or they're tenants, they're guests, whatever. But he can, you know, he he reserves the right to store certain things in their home. So then he's really still showing that those are all his homes, and these people are in a certain way a guest of his that he's tolerating them. You know, they, they don't own the place. So therefore, if they don't participate in the eruv, it's okay. They're not going to prohibit the other people from that. Okay. Now the Gemara says. Any place where it says that somebody who lives there is not going to prohibit, if you put the Eruv there, it also is not a good Eruv. Like we said before, the places that are not considered a bait, um, you can't put the Eruv there. And if somebody does live there, it's not considered living because it's not a real place of living. Except for the entranceway of an individual, meaning that a person who has their own personal chatzir and it has this bechar, this sort of like entrance way might use it for somebody to live there. Okay, so it's different than the public one. It's not public. It belongs just to this guy. So maybe somebody will say, a homeless guy comes and I want to live in your, this little section. will say, okay, it's not a big deal. In a public one, he wouldn't, but in a private one, maybe he would. So if you decided to have a person live there, it could still be good. In any place where you're not allowed to leave there, you could still put a shitufei mavuot. Okay? You can't put it in the mavuot itself. Now, what's the reason? Because a chatzer, a eruve chatzerot, is uniting the houses. So it has to be kept in one of the houses. It's saying we're all one family. But shitufei mavuot is uniting the chatzerot, not the houses. So it doesn't have to be in a house. It, but what it can't be in is an area that's not... Uh, a makoma mishtamir, it calls it. It has to be a place that is guarded, that, that things are not going to get lost. So it can't be in the mavoy because the mavoy is like leaving something out on the street. It's not, it's not keeping it at all. It has so to be something secure. Secure. Else. Yeah, you, in, usually in the chazir. I mean, in reality, practically, they kept it in the house probably, but, okay. but the point is that they, they just can't leave it exposed. <laughs> so, Micah Mashmalan, what is this teaching? As we learned it already. We already learned this because we learned that if you put the Eruv in the Bechar, in the entrance sort of foyer, that's not a place in its own, Achsadra, this portico, you put it on the Mirpeset, this sort of balcony area, it's not an Eruv. Okay, meaning it's not an Eruv, but it could be a Shituf. If it was for the Mavuot, it doesn't have to be in a house. Okay, but it says, We still need to clarify the point that we just made. Dilatna, uh, because they're not mentioned explicitly, that there's two exceptions to the rule. The bit shar de'achid, if I have a foyer area in my house and I decide to let somebody who doesn't have anywhere to go stay in that little place, I might do that because it's private. Okay? Similarly, you might have thought that anywhere is okay for the shituf, but not anywhere is okay for the shituf. You can't leave it in the mavoy itself because it's too exposed. It says if you leave the roof in either Bechar, the, the gate, the entranceway, or in the uh, portico, or the Mirpeset, the sort of, uh, the balcony sort of area, the, the area that you go from one home to, or one apartment to another through, or in the Chatzar, or in the Mavoy, it's a good Eruv. Vatnan ends the Eruv. Didn't we say it's not a good Eruv? Right? Emma, how is a Shituf? Right? What it meant was, this is a good shituf, not a good Eruv, because Shituf, Shituf, it doesn't have to be in a house, but still, Shituf, Mavoy, Lomintar. Right? Didn't we just say that you can't leave it in the Mavoy? 
Right, so it says, ah, because it, 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 there's missing a letter in there. It says, it says in there, it said it could be it should be said, it should say meaning it's, it means in the chatzir, in the mavoy, but not actually in the mavoy. Right, it's, I mean, it's a little slight typo. Amar of Yudah Marshmoel. Um, if there are a bunch of guys in a chatzir that are eating together, why they're having a big eating together right before Shabbat, I don't know why, but Shabbat started, right? They could say this bread that's in front of us is going to be the Eruvet chatzirot because we forgot to make one and we're all together. So we'll just say that the bread that we're sharing right now is the Eruvet chatzirot, no problem. And some say you could even say that it's good for shituf. So in other words, if they're having a picnic, if they're having like a, a you know a, a picnic outside, yeah. they can't say the bread that's right here is is erove chatzerot because it has to be in the house. If they're but they but they could say this bread is going to be for the mavoi. They could say it's for the mavoi because the mavoi doesn't have to be in the house. There is a brighter that supports you that erove chatzerot bechatzer v'shitufei mavoi bemavoi. It says that the Eruvei Chatserot has to be in the Chatser. And the Shituvei Mavot has to be in the Mavoy. We asked, what do you mean, Eruvei Chatserot Bechatser? What do you mean you leave the Eruvei Chatserot in the Chatser? It's not true. We already we learned that that's not the case. That you can't put it in any just any place in the Chatser. It has to be in the house. Right? It means Babayit Shebechatser. It has to be in the house in the Chatser. We have to slightly correct it. In other words, the point is that the houses are to the Chatser. It said this earlier, right? Houses are to Chatser like Chatserot are to Mavoy. So the unit in, that it makes up the partnership is where you have to have the item. So if it's houses making a Eruvei Chatserot, it's the houses uniting, so therefore it has to be in the house. If it's the Chatserot that are uniting to, to share the Mavoy, then it has to be somewhere in the Chatser. The only place it can't be is in the Mavoy itself. It has to be somewhere in the Chatser because it's a, un, a union of the Chatserot. And uh, I guess, yeah, well, this is a good place to stop. Even though we, we could go further, but I think we, we'll have to rush it. So we'll continue here. But the, uh, we'll continue here tomorrow. But it, we learned earlier in the, the Machloket. There is a Machloket that, no, it has to be a place which is made for Dirah. Also, we learned about it before. That there's, there's a Machloket Tanaim about whether the, uh, the um, storehouses and, the, and all that would be considered to be a factor in Erovei Chatzerot if somebody decides to live there or if it has to be a place that is actually designated for Dirah. We had learned about it. There was one opinion that said even if there was nobody living in there than the Beit than the, uh, But I guess here, because the Mishnah is specifically talking about where somebody lives there, that's why it's saying that's why it's saying that uh, it could be considered towards the Chatzer to create an issue of Erovei Chatzerot because if somebody decides to live there. But in a, we had said earlier in a Mishnah earlier that if there's just a storehouse that somebody has in the Chatzer, that they just store wood there, that's not considered that they live there. Right? As long as nobody lived there, that would not count towards Erovei Chatzerot. But here, he's saying someone decides to live in one of these store places. That's why it's an issue for Erovei Chatzerot here in the Mishnah, as opposed to before where we mentioned a Machloket, because the Machloket was when there's nobody living there. And there we say if there's nobody living there and it's just a storage place, then that definitely doesn't create a problem for the Erovei Chatzerot. That's right.